0: The buy box, most of it driven by price, but you also have to have good feedback, mm-hmm. and you know they have all these metrics that they measure. And we're always, we never have an issue with like that side of it. We never get penalized. So really, it ends up just being price to win the buy box. But for say 3M, a, a new product that they have, you know, we'll go to Amazon, we'll search to see if there's something they have similar. A lot of times for the 3M stuff, I don't send that. To Amazon, unless I, we can convert it in some way. Um, but if it's a retail packed 3M product, I just, you know, it's just, it's not worth it.
1: Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show, where we interview founders of fast growing seven and eight figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2X their businesses and inspire you to take action. ...in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, mix. Kunle Campbell.
2: As an online retailer or supplier, you're well aware that accurate product content drives more sales. However, as your store starts to scale, the harsh reality is that maintaining product description content... ...becomes more and more of a challenge to e-commerce teams... This is a problem Salsify solves. Salsify is a SaaS-based product content management platform built specifically for online retailers and brand owners. I recently took Salsify on a test drive, and here are the glaring advantages retailers stand to gain. First, your entire product catalog can be accessed by any department in a centralized hub. Then there's a workflow setup that ensures no fields go amiss when product data is published to multiple channels such as Amazon, your Google Merchant account, or just directly to your e-commerce store. Sarsify tells you when it spots missing critical data across your product catalogue. It's a flexible and robust product management platform I recommend if your store and brand products catalogue changes often and if you publish to numerous channels. As a 2X e-commerce listener, you can get to trial Salsify for free at salsify.com forward slash 2X. That is S-A-L-S-I-F-Y dot com forward slash 2X. I'll leave more details and a link on this episode's show notes. Hello, guys. Welcome to today's episode, Today's a special one, especially if you are an e-commerce business, established e-commerce business, and you're looking to move into Amazon, or you have started to consider Amazon as a channel, but you're not fully vested into Amazon as a channel. This episode would be for you. Um, on the other hand, if you're an e-commerce startup, or you're thinking about just um, you know selling wholesale on amazon then you could also listen to this show Um, i'll give you a brief introduction to my guest and then um, we'll just jump in right into the show Um, my guest is actually what i call an accidental e-commerce entrepreneur and a programmer and developer at heart so he stumbled into e-commerce when he suggested to a distributor in the adhesive tape um, space that um he'd like to build them a website and they were like no we wouldn't want you to build us a website because we don't want to go in, into competition and sell direct to um to end users so he decided to become a retailer himself so he built himself out a drop ship e-commerce you know um store that um was pretty much fulfilled by this distributor and um fast forward three years of moonlight and he hits the one million revenue milestone and he quits his his, um dev job his company's revenue on amazon today is about two million dollars and um that's out of about um uh, total revenue about 5.3 million dollars in 2015 I brought him to this year, as I alluded to earlier, to pretty much shed some more light on what it means to sell on Amazon. You know, what it means to sell on Amazon as an e-commerce, you know, business. And he has brought some really, really key points, which is do not just sell commoditized products, don't just sell branded products that, you know, 10, 20 other, you know, sellers are on. Add some level of customization. And his level of customization is not the standard FBA thing we know which which is quite interesting his customization has got to do with cotton and um, creating um versions of the adhesive tapes he gets you know in borg that you can't find anywhere else on the internet and that's how he thrives not just as a not only on amazon but also as an e-commerce business so it's it's really really interesting we would we talked a lot on you know differentiation really and um and and how to to kind of even in instances where you compete how to compete the unfortunate you know way to compete for the buy box which is largely by prize you know one once all your other you know quality metrics are up and um it it is a really 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 good um you know um i had a really really good conversation with him so um, without further ado um this is kevin mahoney um, from (music) findtape.com Hello, Kevin. Um, Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. Thank you. Fantastic. Okay. Could you please take a minute uh, or less to introduce yourself to to, to our listeners?
0: Sure. My name is Kevin Mahoney, and I'm the president of findtape.com, and we're an online-only retailer of adhesive tape products.
2: Okay. Okay. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Um, You... However, have not necessarily been an Well, an e-commerce, you know, um, entrepreneur for. For for, for you, you, didn't start out your career as an e-commerce, um,
0: you know. Um, no, how, no. How did you start? Sure, back in the, um, you know, late, uh, you know, nineteen nineties, I was working. I was a technical services director, of an interactive web agency. Mm-hmm. So basically, what we did, we built websites uh, for a lot of the big um, e-com companies. So everything from Godiva and Waterford Wedge, Wedgewood, Graco baby products, coach. So basically I ran the technical staff of that, of that online agency in their New York office.
2: Okay. 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 Quite impressive. And then, yeah, please go ahead.
0: yep. So it was about 2003. I was out with a good friend. I am, uh, from middle school. I've known this guy forever. Um, and his family business—he's—he's he's in the family business. They're tape converters. Yeah. So basically, what a tape converter is—they get, you know, master source rolls of tape from companies such as 3M, short tape, um, and they convert them in some way. So they'll get a 60-inch wide log roll, and they'll cut two-inch and three-inch rolls of duct tapes from it, say. Okay. Or they'll get a 1,300 linear yard roll of double-sided carpet tape. They'll rewind it on a slitter down to, you know, your typical 36 yard roll of double-sided carpet tape. Okay. So we were out, um, out one night and I suggested to him, you know, I build websites, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> so I'm like, why don't I build you a website and you know, this whole internet thing you could take advantage of and start selling direct. And at the time, he really didn't want the channel conflict. He's like, you know, I mostly sell to resellers, other distributors, I really don't wanna, to kind of get in, interfere with their business. Mm-hmm. So I suggested, how about this, why don't I build the website for you, Um, I'll build the website, and I'm just going to send the orders over to you electronically, and you'll drop ship for me. So I'll own the company, and you'll just be uh, my drop shipper. And that was, our conversation was in 2003, and by 2004, I think it was April, I launched the website. Okay. And, you know, back then I got one or two orders a day. That was great. <laughs> I was very excited. You know, there was no 800 number on the website. Okay. It was just online only. You could shoot an email. I had my full time job still. Okay, so so, it's you, not so like... you were moonlighting at the time. Moonlighting, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time I was, I was still working in New York City, but I I'd been moved back to New Jersey. My wife was um, we had our first child, so it was about a two and a half hour commute each way. You know, I I lived in the Princeton area. I'd walk to the train station, take one train, then jump on the second train, Whoa. and I take the subway in New York. So it's just a very arduous <laughs> process to get to work. You kind of do that in your sleep after a while. Um, it just becomes kind of monotony. But um, so that was 2004, and at the time I wrote down a number. I'm like, you know what? If this thing works out if I could hit this number, I I'll be able to, to quit and I'll start working from home. My wife um, is an elementary school principal. So she had benefits. You know, I didn't have to worry about like the health insurance and all the other kind of benefit related things. And I didn't have, you know, when I started the company, I I, I'm a developer. So it was kind of just bootstrap myself. I didn't have to, didn't have to go for outside money. Uh, I created the website and
2: Mm-hmm. going into the websites the the um the platform did you code it from scratch or i don't think there were any viable e-commerce well open source there were a few at the time did you use anything open source or did you just build it from scratch
0: no i i just built it from scratch wow. uh, it's all c sharp um asp.net and it it's all it's pretty you know at this point it's been so many years. It, I have a whole backend system that kind of does all our web service calls to third parties like Amazon and UPS and and all that. So it's pretty robust code base at this point, but yeah, I never used any off the shelf software. Really my only investment from a a web design standpoint was the creative, you know, I needed to get somebody to do a logo. I'm not a creative person. (laughs) So I needed, needed some help with that, but I had a lot of resources, a lot of friends I knew because working for an interactive web agency, um, So, so that that was basically.
2: So, so what was this figure in in, in your head where, where you know that was going to sort of eliminate the two and a half hour commute in and out of five hours of commute? That that is horrendous. It's <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. way to live. You know, that's productive time, and there was no decent. You know, um, you know, cellular In fact, no, just the commutes is was terrible. So, so what was the magic figure in your head? Matt?
0: yeah I had looked at my um in two thousand and four I was just looking at the numbers i think like my total revenue for two thousand four was forty thousand wow. and then by two thousand and five that jumped to like two twenty then in two thousand and six I was at five hundred and but I was looking at the run rate and it, it looked like it was really growing and and i think i, I was um I think that number was right about a million dollars in gross revenue okay. because in 2000 I, I had quit my job in the fall of 2006. And in 2007, that's when I did like 1.3 that year. Okay. Okay. So that, that's when I was able to, to quit. And I, I basically, now I work from home four days a week and one day a week I, I go in, I have two employees that work at, out of my, the primary tape converter we use. I have two employees that work at his location um, and they they answer the eight hundred number and everything. But I go there once a week.
2: Okay, we're, we're going to get into to how your company actually functions, um, the headcount and um, how lean you operate, because that sounds pretty lean. You know, two employees, mm-hmm. and um, it also sounds like you have a great lifestyle. You know, working from home for you know for, for four for four years a, a week. So so we'll talk about that in, in some more detail. So t- so um, fast forward today, who who are your customers?
0: Sure. We, you know, it, it, it's different based on the channel. So on findtape.com, we sell to a lot of businesses and and we sell to resellers, a lot of event related companies. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, if you look at our product line, if somebody's looking for just standard two inch silver duct tape, you know, you can go to Home Depot or Lowe's, you can get that. Or if you're looking for just standard packaging tape, you can go to Staples, Office Depot, you know, just an office supply store. We really focus on more the hard to find, stuff so we sell a lot of gaffers tape which if you're not familiar with gaffers tape it it's basically used in the entertainment industry it's it, very adhesive but it doesn't leave adhesive residue behind it. I see. so if you're at an event and somebody's c- covering like the cables to make sure you don't trip that's usually gaffers tape so when you remove the tape it's not going to leave adhesive mess okay. all over the cords um it also doesn't reflect light it's matte so like if a theater you know, is, is putting down marking on the stage. They don't want to reflect the light. Um, so, so that's a big, that's one of our primary sellers and also double-sided carpet tape because we sell to a lot of event companies. So if, you know, a big convention's going on and they're going to lay down a carpet on the convention floor, we sell a lot of that tape. And those are two tapes you really can't go to the, a retail store and buy gaffer's tape.
2: You need specialist really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could see the, um, your, the title tag on, on your um on your homepage is actually gaffer tape and double sided tape. So those are like yeah.
1: core
0: those are,
2: lead yeah. products, right?
0: Those are the ones that we really focus on, and, and the hard to find stuff. So if somebody wants a roll of four inch red duct tape, we can cut that. You know, you can maybe get two inch red if you're lucky at the store, but you're not going to get wider widths. Um, so we sell a lot of like custom wide width products, um, and, and and just hard to find stuff. Stuff like that. So we mostly sell by the case on findtape.com. Okay. Most people are coming in, they're buying case cases at a time, and and they come back. We have a lot of repeat customers because what's great about tape is an expendable. You know, once you use it, you have to buy it again. It's replenishable, not,
2: exactly, exactly. Exactly, we're That's... not selling
0: a TV, you know, 10 years later, you're like, oh, you know, I want another TV now. <laughs> you know, this is, a lot of our customers are pretty regular about, you know, either every month they place the same order or every mm-hmm. week's even. Um, Do you have
2: any subscription, you know, function on on the website, on the main website to allow people to subscribe to um, regular purchases?
0: We don't. We we send reorder. We have algorithms that go out and figure out, you know, what is this customer's average time they reorder in and Mm -hmm. what do they typically order? And we'll send them email reminders. But because we sell to a lot of event companies, it's not always the same order. You know, every event, it's a different color gaffers they're buying. Or, you know, it's just it's more based on when that convention is happening rather than you know every month. Yeah. So, so we have really no automatic subscription. Now, you can view your order history and say, I want to place of this, I want to reorder this exact order. We have we have that functionality, but not we don't have a subscription um, model.
2: Okay, the, just want to commend you on the website. It's pixel perfect. Um, yeah. just the, the categories, you know, the way everything is laid out, the even the tabs on the categories. So they're, they're like product categories on the left and then the shopping tools. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm actually, I actually took a screenshot of, um, the homepage because it picked up the fact that I was, um, in the UK and it asked if it wanted to convert, um, the price yeah. I saw to British pounds, which is personalization, as you can see, and um, I'm yeah. writing a, a piece on personalization. I said, "Hmm,
1: that's yeah, we quite just handy."
2: Start, <laughs> <laughs> we just started
0: working um, about six months ago with a consolidated shipper. Okay. So we've been adding countries. We always ship really to Canada and kind of the U.S. and and the uh, and territories like Guam and Puerto Rico and stuff. But um, we just added consolidated shippers. Consolidated shipping, because before we'd offer UPS to say the UK or Germany, and the issue is it's just so pricey, and we couldn't give a fully landed cost. You know, when they deliver, then they'd ask for customs brokerage fees and taxes and everything else. So the consolidated shipper, that's all built into the rate, and we've slowly added um, countries. So we do a bunch of the EU countries. We do a lot of like Australia, New Zealand. Um, and and that's brand new, but yeah, that. Thank you for the comment on the website. I'm, you know, that's kind of really what I love to do. That that's I'm a developer, you know. So I like to outsource the stuff related to, you know, the the pay per click advertising and and emails and stuff like that because I like to do. I like to do the website and, and I'm pretty able like I, I run it through validators. I want to make sure it's accessible, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, thank I, you. Yeah,
2: I'm hooked up to a, I think it's a 60 inch screen Cause I'm, I'm you know speaking to you from, um, from the boardroom in the office and it just looks perfect. It just sits so well, you know, on the screen and I'm like, okay, interesting, you know, choice of colors. And everything is just laid out quite modularly. Yeah, a so, so good stuff there. Okay. Let's, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's move on to where you are today. Um, from a revenue standpoint. So, um, obviously we're just at the start of twenty fifteen. 2016. What was revenue like in 2015? In 2015, we were about five
0: point three million. 5.3 million. Okay. And if you look at that mix, you know, when we, we started with Amazon, um, 2007 was the first year we did fulfilled by merchant Amazon. And that was really to go after another customer segment. Because the issue we had is when you, we mostly sell by the case, but we would have a lot of people. They want, like, I want one roll of pink electrical. You know, they call up and be like, well, you know, everybody is so used to free shipping, you know, the Amazon Prime model, where the problem is a roll of, Pink electrical tape's a dollar, something. You know, I don't know how, you know, you can't really build free shipping into that unless you triple the cost of the product. And that we didn't want to do because...
2: mm -hmm. Funny enough, I was listening to a podcast and um, a chap, they sell on Amazon. And he was selling, I think, a cable, HDMI cable, for a um, pound fifty, which is almost like a, it's about two dollars. And because sure. it didn't meet the Amazon threshold, he had to increase it to the five pounds, you know, Amazon threshold. And sales tripled. There's <laughs> <laughs> okay, that need yeah. for urgency. I, I but sorry, please go ahead. Continue. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. To...
0: No, I mean. I really realize people on Amazon, that's what they're looking for. They they want to get stuff quickly mm-hmm. and, you know, they take advantage of your prime membership. So it allowed us one, you know, at this point we probably ship um, my primary converter over a hundred orders a day. Amazon probably like 350 to 400 orders a day with one roll of my tape in it, which one, I really want wouldn't want to handle that volume. Plus there, a lot of it is like one or two rolls, you know, that's just tougher. Um, you know, it, it it just allowed us to expand a lot quicker. So in 2007, that's when we started with Fulfilled by Merchant Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then in 2009, we started with their FBA or Fulfilled by Amazon program. And that's the one where we ship tape to Amazon's different fulfillment centers. And then if you have Amazon Prime, you know, you can get your free two-day shipping. Okay, okay. Um, so right now, you know, I had given you in 2015 what our gross revenue was. Okay. Amazon probably represents on a revenue basis about 30 35% of that number. Okay. Where so, so about 1.8?
2: No,
0: yes, somewhere right around there and then but from a total number of orders that they're shipping, they're about 75%. You know, okay, because, because of the
2: smaller units. But for small,
0: example, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the average order size is much smaller on Amazon than ours. I think our average order size is closer to $165, $170 because, okay. you know, mostly selling by so, the so, case. So
2: going back to to the website, to your website, to so the main website, which is findtape.com, what kind of conversion rates are you getting? Because there's a nice blend of repeat customers. I would reckon it's it's a pretty healthy number.
0: Yeah, I, I, from, from, if I look at Google Analytics, I mean, it's around the 4% for just complete you know, repeat customers were probably around 30, 35% mm-hmm. are repeat. Um, but yeah, the, the conversion, it, it's not awesome. <laughs> right, you know, exactly. I, and, and I think, yeah, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I can't really offer free shipping or shipping promotions. Cause if you look at a case of say, economy grade duct tape, that's for over 40 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody needs like custom cut to a custom width, it has to ship. Most of that ships from Pennsylvania. If I'm shipping that across the country, sometimes the cost of the shipping is such a large percentage of the merchandise itself. People get a little turned off by that. Um, So I I think that's why primarily our conversion probably isn't higher is, you know, we show it right in the shopping cart. You know, we don't make you proceed through checkout. As soon as you punch in your zip code, it's going to tell you what those shipping rates are. But but I think you know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, we don't really offer free shipping and customers really get used to that, You know, Amazon customers. And, and we've toyed with it. You know, Do we build the cost of shipping into our product price? Um, but because we sell it to businesses, we allow them, if they order by the case and it's over a certain um, merchandise subtotal threshold, we allow them to use their own UPS accounts to ship. And so it really wouldn't, and, and those are our repeat customers, you know, because okay. that's not a really a profit center for us shipping. It's just we're just passing along the cost that it costs our distributor to get it out or our converter to get it out to you. So if I had built up the price of the product to, to allow for free shipping, it would kind of be unfair to, you know, our, our main customer segment that is using your own account anyway. They don't want the price inflated just to support, you know, if somebody wants one or new, two volts. So, exactly. Yeah,
2: you're taking care of existing customers.
1: Exactly. Okay.
2: Okay. Let's let's talk about Amazon FBA. So, when you swap swapped over in 2009 to Amazon FBA, how did that impact on um, your sales on Amazon? Switching, making that switch from fulfilled by merchant to fulfilled by Amazon.
0: Yeah, it took 2009 is when we started FBA and. Started small. I, I was looking at the numbers. It it took until 2011 until it swapped, where fulfilled by merchant was less than fulfilled by Amazon. So it took two years. But at this point, if I look at, um, we have about I would say 900 products that are at Amazon fulfillment centers. 900 SKUs on our website. We have about 5,900 SKUs. So that's every color and width combination. Uh, if I look at total what we have listed on Amazon, um, including Fulfilled by Merchant and Fulfilled by Amazon, it's only about 1,200. So at this point, we've mostly converted over to an FBA model where um, pretty much you know 90% probably of our orders are fulfilled by Amazon compared to how many orders they're sending us yeah. this ship. And really what I look at is I look at we'll send them products. Um, a lot of times for us, because a lot of these tapes are converted, they don't have a UPC code. Mm-hmm. So sometimes manufacturers will have a UPC code on the case, but you know we're breaking out and selling by the roll. So we have to purchase a UPC code to send it to them. So that's why I don't list everything on Amazon because it doesn't make sense to even you know go through the whole UPC process because it may be a color size that's never even been purchased exactly. in ten years. You know. So but of the um, what I look at is reporting every every I look at about i would say about a month of orders and once we get to like two fulfilled by merchant orders mm-hmm. i'll convert that product and start sending it to amazon I see. for f- okay. fba that's why the majority of our our stuff is all fba okay, so you and it,
2: test mm-hmm. on the fulfilled by merchant um you know on um, platform and then when there's there's demand um as, as indicated by sales uh, you start to you move your your inventory to to um fba
0: exactly and and i made the mistake earlier on where i would say you know what i think this product would sh- sell great on amazon you no know, there's a new product i bet it's going to have good demand but you know we'd send it to fba and then you know amazon has like six if something's been up there six months and haven't sold you get long term long term storage fees or you have to do long term removals. So I realized that that wasn't a great strategy, you know. Let let me just send it to Amazon, fulfilled by merchant, see if there's demand for it. And then once I know there's demand, that's when I send it to the fulfillment centers.
2: I and mean, it's it's great to 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 be data driven really and experiment and be experimental. So so I, I'm you know one hundred percent on board with you there. Um so um beef prior to, to our call you said seventy five percent of total orders ship shipped um, or for a specific line of items on Amazon. Could you shed some more light on, on that please?
0: Well, 75% they're just like I had said, where we're that's just the total number of orders compared gotcha. to ours. It's not like one specific okay. line item or a type. Yeah. It's pretty broad. On Amazon, I would tell you like our best sellers we sell a lot of gaffers tape on Amazon. We also sell, Blue tack. If you're familiar with like, yes. the, you put up your posters in your dorm room. <laughs> um, the blue putty sell a lot of that on Amazon. Um, sell a lot of like felt tape, colored felt tape for crafting that has an adhesive backing and Velcro and dual lock. You know, there's just a lot of a lot of stuff that. Okay. And it's funny sometimes products we really only sell on Amazon. They don't sell great on FindTape.com, and some are the opposite where we really don't sell on Amazon as well, and we sell them on FindTape.com. But that's kind of I let I let like you said I let the data kind of drive that. Okay. So, so it's quite yep. it's
2: quite interesting. So I, I, I recall you know so so you, you earlier you, you mentioned earlier that back in you know um, two thousand and four when you were having the conversation with um, your family friend who was in the business in the duct tape business. Mm-hmm that, um, you know, he didn't want to, um, he was drop shipping on your behalf. So um, now fast forward to 2016, what does your supply chain look like? Um, is it still your family friend or have you diversified and, you know, made more inroads into the industry to to, to, to kind of diversify your, your, your supplier base?
0: Yeah, I mainly sell, you know, our primary converter who... He's really who we work with the most. We have other tape converters we drop ship from, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a smaller segment. Also, we get into more now once we hit a certain – sometimes we'll get from a different tape converter, and then we realize you know there's such high demand. We can import that ourselves. So like the BluTac, for instance, that comes from Australia. We import that in by the pallet, actually several pallets at a time. And there's one like tape dispenser that really is selling well. We're going to start to import that in ourselves Um, but really everything goes through that primary tape converter. That relationship to us is pretty key. And and I would say, you know, I mean, I'll tell you one of the pitfalls with Amazon to kind of explain why, why that's so key is Amazon is a for-profit business. So I don't, you know, fault them at all, but what they do is you send them products and they figure out what has high demand. And then they try to source it direct a lot of times. You know? <laughs> I mean, that, that's just, you have to go in. When you're dealing with Amazon, you have to understand, like, again, they're a for-profit business. I don't fault them at all, but, but they do that. So we've been burnt in the past where we had another tape converter we worked with, and it was a, a branded gaffer's tape. And it was a fast-moving product. We'd send, you know, half a pallet every couple weeks. And I realized looking at the data, you know, nothing had moved. The product hadn't sold. Mm-hmm. And um, I went online and Amazon was selling it direct. And again, it wasn't like with products like 3M and Duck Brand, the big names, like I know Amazon's going to be able to buy from them direct. We're very careful about sending, say, 3M products to Amazon. We only send products that we convert in some way that you can't really get so in a store.
2: Okay, so, so by conversion, you mean they are?
0: Um, we rewind Okay, yeah. M-M's. For instance, yep. 3M sells a very expensive tape line called VHB, very high bond. They're very, um, for really structural mounting, it's a double sided tape used for structural mounting, very expensive, over a hundred dollars a roll, right. which we re- put it on a rewinder and making it into small 15 foot rolls. Okay. So we convert it that I could send to Amazon FBA, the full rolls. I can't, because if demand grows, they'll just get it right from 3M. Right. Right. Um,
2: so you're, you're, you're innovating, to to the market and making products different.
0: Yes, do, doing something different or offering a width that isn't standard that you wouldn't be able to get in the so store. How would you do so, this
2: across the board? For you said you had um, nine hundred SKUs in, in Amazon.
0: Yeah, so most most of those are some. Sometimes it will be kind of a retail pack product that, for some reason, Amazon hasn't um, started selling direct yet, or sometimes. There are some retail packed items that Amazon will run out of, and then it'll switch back to a seller, like a marketplace seller fulfilled item. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're very careful because in that example I gave with the Gaffer tape, we had realized it wasn't selling. Amazon contacted them, and they started selling direct to Amazon. Mm-hmm. So you know we didn't get any heads up that that was happening. So I had to pay. So you figure we had the. Original cost of bagging up every roll, putting an item label, shipping it to one of their fulfillment centers. Then I had to pay a pick pack fee to get it back to me, <laughs> and it was about a pallet of tape. So I mean, it was almost a thousand dollars. So now we're much more careful. So, like in the example of if it's a retail item that we didn't convert in some way that I know Amazon can get, like I would never send a pallet of that. You know, maybe I'll send six rolls just to see, you know, if if that. Is going to change, and Amazon will buy it directly. You, you
2: test the market.
0: We and... test the market, but the relationship, like you had asked about the supply chain, you know, I've known this guy since since middle school. We've we talk several times a day. Amazon has contacted them directly, <laughs> the, the the source, but like he won't do that. So it, without having that relationship, you know, I mean, that is so key for our business. And, and I have two employees that work at his location, so. Um, we're we're a big person. I mean, we're the majority of their business at this point, uh-huh. but, but yeah, that, that relationship is key.
2: So, so you watch your other pull this back really.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That's, that's actually quite insightful in the regards to um, managing the supply chain.
0: Yeah. I would say to the customers like, you know, testing out working with Amazon, that, that's what they need to be aware of. You know, mm-hmm. search a product, make sure Amazon isn't buying a direct cause you're not going to be able to compete. It's like, A customer buying a two inch roll of silver duct tape, you know, Home Depot buys that one brand of silver two inch duct tape by the truckload. So I can't compete on that price. So when you search on Amazon, make sure Amazon's not buying that directly because you're never going to be able to compete with the quantity they're buying it for. Um, so you really need to find something either, either you need to find something that you customize in some way, or you can private label it. You can, you can, you know if you're not relying on the brand name to sell the product like it's not a 3m product product where 3m name kind of has a cachet about it and you know it's good quality where say it, it's just another brand and it that wasn't the main selling point you could private label it and buy your own upc code and just list it differently i mean that's another option you can go if you think price-wise you're still going to be be able to compete
2: so okay okay because I, I just checked out your um, amazon store Mm-hmm. And I have seen one, two, three, um, about 10 items, 10 products with an average order. Well, the 10, ten products that um, are private-labeled fine tape. Is it? Is this an oh, area you're, you're going into um, with regards no, to private-labeling?
0: Well, I'll tell you, we don't really li- – when I say private label, really, our primary converter is JVCC. Okay. That's JV converting. That's our main converter. That when are we when I say private label, that's how we label things because I'm not a manufacturer. We're still at the end of the day, we're a retailer. Mm-hmm. So we kind of stayed away from the only time you'll see fine tape on an item is when we make a pack of an item, like the gaff test pack or or things like that. Because the issue is, once we private label it, you know, a lot of a lot of consumers thought we were the manufacturer, mm-hmm. so we'll get a lot of questions. Can you? You know, do a special release liner on this tape. Can you do this on this tape? Can you produce it in a different color? But we're, we're not a manufacturer, so we kind of stayed away from um, using our own name. So when we private label stuff, anything you see on the Amazon store for us that's JVCC, those are really the private label products that aren't really the short tape or the 3M I or the duck brand. I see, and there, yeah. there about
2: 305 SKUs there. Yeah, JVCC, so that's okay. – mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So, um, there's a question I wanted to ask. Um, how, from your, from you, how do you sort of measure or gauge competition within the Amazon um, ecosystem?
0: Yeah. You know, two ways. We will go up and we'll look at. We tie into Amazon's APIs, so we can go in and see. You know. Do we did we win the buy box? Did do we have that? Or are there other sellers for that? So you know we, we want to be competitive. We'll we'll change our price. If it's a pri if it, if it's a JVCC item, kind of like a private label item, a lot of times we're the only seller. So that's a little tougher. So what we have to do is figure out, you know, what is the primary ASIN that's competing against the our ASIN, because I I can't look at just, you know, there's no other sellers. So you know it's hard it's harder to price that. But that's what we'll do we'll go in we'll do a search say if um if it's jvcc gaff 30 yard is is a popular gaffer's tape we sell there but if instead of searching on that i'll just search on gaffer's tape and see what comes up and we'll see you know i got to find one that's a similar length and and width and everything but then we'll make sure our price is comparable to that price of the other ASAP. okay okay
2: okay and do you have any, do you work with any reprisers? You, you just mentioned, um, you know, the fact that um, you, you you become competitive when, you know, when you find others sort of selling um, at a lower price, do you have anything, any sort of automated reprisers you subscribe to?
0: Yeah, we, we were using um, a repricer um, over the last couple of years. And we just recently, we're, we're doing it our, ourselves now via the Amazon APIs, because the issue is... The, um, what we sell, a lot of it doesn't have competition. So it's not as easy as just looking at that one product. You need to find what the primary competitor in is. And for every product, it's like, we really want to do that ourselves and set it. So we've, we've gone more to a model. It's kind of, we, we developed our own repricing code. Okay.
2: So Which is yeah. custom to, to your situation. Okay.
0: Yes, exactly. So it's just all, all tying into the marketplace web services from Amazon.
2: So, okay. Um, Speaking of Amazon, well, I was just wondering what, what are your thoughts on how Amazon compares to to Google from a custom acquisition standpoint? Where where do you see the future of e-commerce in the next five to ten years?
0: Yeah, you know what? It's um Amazon we actually just recently started playing around with their sponsored listings. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, Amazon now is gonna have to especially when they're selling the product, you almost have to pay twice. You know, you're paying them the commission, obviously, if it's just merger filled. If it's FBA, then there's all these other fees you really need to account for. But now, you know, we're, t- we're playing around with the um, sponsored listing. So then you're paying a pay-per-click advertising within the channel. So all in all, <laughs> Google, Google is better for us. If I can get, if I can, um, you know, our pay-per-click ads... Which we don't bid more on uh, broad terms like duct tape, for instance. That's just too generic. We do more long tail. So if you're like, if you search on wide with duct tape or you know duct tape on a release line or stuff like that, Mm -hmm. those are what we're bringing in. But if I can bring that customer to our site and get them to buy by the case, which is going to be much more economical, because right on our website we show the full volume breaks for everything like we don't hide anything you don't have to call us you know you want 10 cases you get a better price than somebody buying a single roll but that that customer to us is much better if we can get them via the Google um, because Amazon plus once I get that customer I can't market to them I can't send them an email mm-hmm. so they're just and, and a lot of our stuff you know the com brand name it's not in the core of the role so once you know you get a roll of tape, um, it's not like, you know, it says three in core, say, if you bought a three M product. So there's not that presence of mind after you bought it. They, they may remember they bought it on Amazon, but they're not going to remember they, they're the brand name. So like, I'd much rather get somebody via Google and get them to come to our site and have them become a regular customer. And then I can, I can send them those reorder recommendation emails and everything. Um,
2: cause uh, I was just going to, you know, um, ask you a question as to how, how you measure Repeat business on Amazon. How? How? how, Where do you start?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we can look at the email address. You know, Amazon kind of obscures the email address. They have like this long email address they create for somebody, so you never get the customer's real email. It goes through their message center and then gets forwarded on. But I can look at that email address. That usually stays the same if they place orders. But it's not. That's just not a big, um, as big a. Bigger thing for us, the Amazon. Now, a lot, and then a lot of people are like, you know, you can't market to them. Um, they start competing with you, with you directly. Why do you, why do you stick with Amazon? And, and that really is – it's just the volume. you know. I mean they're such the big, you know, the big beam on the block. Yes, that to, to, and what it enables us to do is even though they're onesie-twosie rolls the tape orders, it allows us to order from the manufacturers much more frequently or our primary tape converter. But so if I need to order from 3M, I need to get that, you know, we usually, our orders will be like $8,000 at a time because one, I needed to include free shipping Mm -hmm. uh, because we want, that's how we price our products. If I had to pay to ship it from the manufacturer to to our primary converters location, that that would really jack up the price. So by selling on Amazon, even though, you know, the gross profit is not going to be as good as selling direct on findtape.com it just, the volume, because they represent 75%, it just allows us to place those stocking orders from Short Tape and SCAPA and 3M and everybody much more frequently. You know, we could do it twice a week instead of once a week.
2: And build your accounts with them also.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now, you know, 3M comes to our primary converter. We had a meeting at the end of last year, you know, and then they'll come to you and like, hey, here's some great tape. This may sell well. Um, And that's nice when the manufacturers actually reach out and and kind of suggest, um, you know, tapes, they have a new tape. They, they look at like find and say, you know, I think that'll be a good fit. Um, but, but that's great. So, some manufacturers don't. It's amazing. I, I always find like, you know, they never contact you, but, but like short tape is really good about, or, you know, notifying us about new stuff, but you know, some manufacturers are much better about that kind of stuff than yeah. others.
2: So for the more commoditized or the more brand, um, well, brand strong product, you know brand dominant products like mm-hmm. such as the three m products. how do you where do you start from from winning the the buy box? what What sort of variables do you have at your disposal to, to 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 make more sales on Amazon besides price?
0: Yeah, I mean that's really I mean, the buy box, most of it's driven by price, but you also have to have good feedback. And, you know, they have all these metrics that they measure. And we're always, we never have an issue with like that side of it. We never get penalized. So really it ends up just being priced to win the buy box. But for say 3M, a, a new product that they have, you know, we'll go to Amazon, we'll search to see if there's something they have similar. A lot of times for the 3M stuff, I don't send that to Amazon unless I, we can convert it in some way. Um, but if it's a retail packed 3M product, I just – you know, it's just – it's not worth it so, for us to – It's no, just it's too just,
2: rowdy a market. Yeah,
0: and, and you can have stuff. – it'll have 25 sellers for one item. It's I'm a race play. to
2: the bottom, really. It,
0: exactly. And, and the thing is you'll have one seller who – you know what? They just need to get rid of it at this point. And I know they're selling it for below cost because yeah. there's just no way. Or they must have bought it. You know, adhesive tape has a shelf life. You know, most rolls of tape – They'll say one year from data shipment. Hmm. I mean, some are more, maybe two years. But I'll see stuff listed, and you know, it'll be listed as new, but it's got to be like over five years old. You could tell by the packaging, <laughs> you know. I'm like, they should never be selling it. But that's what you get into, like you said, race to the bottom, where the, they just have to unload stuff. They may have bought it from like an overstock company, and they just got this stuff, and then they list it along under the same ASIN. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I you, I just don't want to get into that. You know, yeah. I only really want to concentrate yeah, on. I'm,
2: I'm stuff just we- on your um, fine tape um, Amazon storefront and yeah, you've, you've got 99 uh, percent positive feedback based on the last 12 months. So, kudos, well done. Um, so, no, thank yeah. you. Okay, let's get into. We we spoke very briefly about your team. So you have a, a team in uh, of two. Um,
0: so. Yeah, basically, it's just um, two call center employees, and I'll tell you what their primary responsibility is. Okay. We we don't get a lot of call. most of our calls. When I started Find Tape, I'll kind of go back to the beginning. You know, first we had no eight hundred number, and when I when I left my job in two thousand six, I, I tried the outsource call center model, and actually the company I used was based in Canada, and they they were fine. It's just the calls we get aren't. You know, somebody's not calling like I need a pair of this size jeans. It's always they have a question. You know, I have this specific application. I need a double-sided tape that is under 10 mils thick that needs to support at least 300 degrees Fahrenheit temperature. You know, it's a lot of questions like that, and that's hard to have an
2: outdoor call center yes. answer, right? It's, so, it's kind of like going to a bike store, a specialist bike store, you know, a road bike store. Exactly. That's why they still exist online. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're there to answer questions, you know, really technical questions. Sorry you yeah. got any shots again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and 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 even our call center people, I have them. If it's a, a really advanced application question, we really try to do that via email with customers. Just because I, I, I like to look at that myself. Because at this point, you know, I'm, when I first launched, I would always have to ask one of the converters we work with, you know, for help on a question. But now, I, you know, I've been doing this for so many years. I'd be some kind of a tape expert, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, I built on the site the advanced tape finder. That's very helpful to customers. Where. You can you can put in all your criteria. I need a double-sided tape. I want, you know, it's got to be – or I want a red four-inch tape. I don't care what the backing is. It could be a paper tape, a cloth tape. You can put that all in that advanced tape finder and, and find stuff. So that kind of limits calls. But most of the calls we get are um, they want to place an order or they're checking on something. Because we sell to a lot of event companies, we'll get a call and say – you know, I have this big event. I need three cases, a three-inch red gaffer tape. Can you get it out by this date? And by having my call center employees in his facility, the primary converter, they can just walk into the back and ask, like, do we have the source material? Can we get it cut in time? Um, so that's probably about 25% of their job is calls. You know, most of the orders come in, nobody ever calls, they just place it online. The other 75% is they're the ones who are boxing up and bagging everything for our fulfilled by Amazon shipments. Okay. So about every other day, we send about a pallet of tape to Amazon, you know, one or two, usually get split into like two or three of their fulfillment centers. Okay. But because the tape comes bulk packed, you know, you'll get 24 rolls of tape and it's just in a box separate. It's not like it's shrink wrapped. It's just separated based like release liner paper and it's just stacked on top of each other. So they have to grab that roll, put it in different like Ziploc bags um we have like a million different Ziploc bag sizes now and then put an item label on it so amazon could scan it yeah. and then they got to pack it up and figure out the fulfillment center so that's really has become about 75% of their job is just processing the the fba shipments for us
2: okay Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And then uh, the remaining 25% of the time that they're, they're on the phone help, well, not on the phone, they're, they're largely on email, you know, email support. And, you know, um, the odd, you know, phone support, because you've got an 0800 number there. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. And that you only have two staff. Yes. Just two, two call center employees. Wow. That's
0: basically it because we really own, you know, no inventory because um, when an order comes in, you know, i mentioned the converter, if I look at last month's statistics, 50% of everything that we ship from FindTape.com had to be converted, had to be cut. Mm. So it was not you just didn't go pick packet off the shelf. It actually had to be cut to width. It had to be rewound to a shorter length. So that's
2: 50% prior to the order or
0: prior to the order shipping. Because that that's why people come to the site, because you can get that custom stuff. Or you can get, you know, I, I want red, two-inch red felt tape, but I don't want to buy a huge roll of it. I just want 15 feet. And you can do that on the site. But somebody has to rewind that down. And a lot of times, if they're slow, they, they'll, they'll make up some of the big sellers and put them on the shelf. But we haven't been slow for a while. So they mostly, like I said last month, 50% of every order had to be converted, had to be cut or something. That's why... A lot of customers, you know, they'll order like a case statement and be like, oh, I, I thought it would ship that same day. But I'm like, it has to be cut. You know, it has to go on. has to go on the, a schedule. You know, they have a couple – they have a few machines. But, oh, oh, this one has to go on this lathe, and it has to get put on that schedule and get cut to width. So sometimes it takes an extra day or so to get shipped.
2: Okay. Okay. That makes that makes a lot, a, a, a huge, lot of sense. So, um, what about marketing? What about development? Um, what about finance? What? How do you manage all the other aspects or facets of, of a business? Because you're you're turning over, you know, about 5 million, 5.3 million last year, and you know, growing. Um, so, so is, is every other thing outsourced? I know you manage the development of the website, and that keeps yeah. you busy.
0: Yeah, the development of the website—that—that that pretty much what I what I handle. Do
2: you have any help in in
0: that? Um, in that no. <laughs> no, really, it's just just me for the for the website development. For for the pay per click advertising and like marketplace management, we'll send, we do send feeds to say like shopping.com, marketplaces like that, and and we integrate not only on Amazon. We just recently started um, putting some stuff on eBay kind of testing the waters a little bit. I think we only have like 20 products on eBay. But, you know what, some of them have started to sell well, so maybe we'll we'll broaden that. We just started that. And um we do we're integrating with jet.com, which is kind of new in the US, but that that's kind of been a slow process. <laughs> we we passed their integration test in I think October and we're still really don't have too much listed there, but But so I concentrate on the development, the pay-per-click advertising and the marketplace management, Mm -hmm. that we outsourced to a company called ROI Revolution, who's Mm -hmm. been great. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we've been dealing with them for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we recently just started – for the emails, I had written all the code to figure out the algorithm, like what somebody orders and how often they should get a reorder email. But we recently just outsourced that aspect to Windsor Circle – Okay. okay. Um, and, and they're going to take that over just because I'm not a big fan. You know, there's companies that send you one or two emails a day, which drives me crazy. You know, you just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I only send for fine tape. We were really only sending one email when we thought was a reorder time. So most customers got one email every three months, which isn't a great marketing strategy. I mean, it's just email is such a big driver of business. And in our, we're mostly selling to repeat customers, and it's a replenishment business because it's an expendable. So that that was probably you know one of the things I, I waited way too long to do to outsource that aspect because because I was trying to do it. I, th- I think that wasn't done well. There's certainly so,
2: gains to to be had with um. With sure, sure, Marketing and email marketing there. So that's interesting. Okay, so yeah, that that, that is quite interesting. You, you, you operate quite a lean business, which is good, which is what we we, we like to hear. Okay, so speaking of um, tools within the Amazon, uh, you know, ecosystem, do you have any specialist Amazon tools, indispensable Amazon tools, you'd like to share with um, listeners? You know, really,
0: uh, as far as the Amazon. Amazon side, it's just, we really tie into their marketplace web services. And and yeah, just the API. That's really the only, I don't really use a lot of third-party, third-party tools related to Amazon specifically. It's really just tying into the web services. Um, We use, we were using like seller desktop to download like the order reports automatically, but um, tying into the feeds is much cleaner. So. Yeah, it's really just the API.
2: Okay, okay, okay. That sounds good. Okay, um, we're about to get into the final, final sec segment of the show, which is the evergreen lightning round. But prior to to that, do you have any final tips to listeners who are? I think people listening to this, um, people who benefit stand to benefit from this the most are people who have existing e-commerce businesses and have either yet to make the full plunge into into amazon selling on amazon or um are have not even tried amazon so for those kind of e-commerce more established e-commerce listeners and e-commerce business owners or e-commerce marketing people looking to move into amazon do you have any parting piece of advice um for, for, for for them as to how to approach it um just carefully and at the same time um with a view to getting you know high returns.
0: Sure, sure. You know, I think I had talked about before kind of focusing on kind of the the um harder to find stuff that Amazon isn't competing you with against you directly and kind of maybe private labeling it. But other than that, I would say the biggest thing is really make sure you're accounting for all the costs associated with FBA, if, if that's what you're going to try the fill by Amazon, if that's the route you're going, because if you don't, you really, you can kind of, I think at the beginning when we first started, I don't think we accounted for like all the costs and, you know, we still made money, but I mean, it was just minuscule profit margins. and And I think you need to make sure you account for them all. So if you're looking at FBA, you know, for us, You have the material cost of like bagging and Ziplocs and the item labels and getting those out the door and the labor associated with that. Mm -hmm. Then you have the transportation cost to get that to their different fulfillment centers. Then Amazon, you know, charges. So now you have it at their fulfillment center. They charge you a pick pack fee, an order handling fee, a weight handling fee, you know, so that aspect, and that's easy. They show that right on, you know, in their help center, what that'll be. And I think a lot of people focus on that because that's the table they show you. But then you also have, you know, you have warehouse storage fees, you know, they charge you per cubic foot every month, what you have there, you have their referral or their commissions that they are charging then returns, you know, for us, when, when you have an FBA return, you know, you're paying a pick pack fee and an order handling fee and a weight handling fee to get it back and put it back on the shelf. So, if I look at like a one-pound item, that's about two seventy. It costs us for a return fee. So, say somebody bought, you know, they bought, um, and this has happened to us twenty-four rolls of electrical tape, which isn't expensive. So that's twenty-four times two seventy. That's what we're getting charged. So we've had orders where we've had in return fees where it's like over fifty dollars we lost on an order that didn't even cost fifty dollars to start with. So it. It just – it really – we have to be – and we have very small returns, less than less than half a percentage point. Okay. But still, if somebody buys like 24 of something on Amazon and they return them all, it really adds up those return costs. Then – so now Amazon may have determined after the return it wasn't resellable. And then you have to decide, do you want to dispose of it? Do you want to do a removal order? And both of those options you have to pay for. Um, so it's just – you know, when we first started, I think we concentrated a lot on just those fulfillment fees mm-hmm. and that we were we were looking at and then kind of ignoring the storage cost and and the labor and material cost to get it to Amazon and what the returns are really costing us. So if somebody's starting out, you really need to make sure you, you kind of take that all into account when you price your product. Because obviously you're not out to do it as a you know, it's Not a charity thing. You
2: want to actually make some money. You want to make some money, exactly. Yeah, Uh, and I suppose um, you know the owners' force on Amazon, because they. You know, they they give you those, the, the, you know, the calculator and, you know, um, a lot of mm-hmm. people just look at the calculator and they don't look at all the other costs.
0: Yeah, you, can, you really need to look at your specific situation. So what we do is we have reports every month I look at both fulfilled by merchant, and fulfilled by Amazon. We look at the profit separately across both of them and we kind of account for all the storage and the returns that we got just to make sure, you know, we're, we're, we're pricing everything right to account for that. So. Yeah,
2: precisely. It's really, really, really good stuff. Okay. We are ready for the lightning round. So, um, the format is, I have about six questions and, um, I'd like you to answer these questions in a sentence or two maximum. Okay. Um, I'm ready when you are. <laughs> <laughs> Am I getting timed? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> what are your future plans?
0: You know what? The, the main thing we're working on right now is the integration with Windsor Circle to really tackle the, the email marketing aspect that we really haven't haven't done well to this point.
2: Makes sense. How do you hire people?
0: Um, typically for the call center, I usually start uh, temp a temp agency and then we'll go to full time from temp because I'll tell you for, well, I'm going to go more than a sentence, but
2: go, uh, go for,
0: it. It, for us, you're on the phone, 75% you're doing pick pack and and labeling, which is very repetitive work. That's not, you know, a lot of people really don't want to be doing that, but I need somebody who speaks very well because 25% of their job is talking to our customers. Mm -hmm. So that's a tough position to fill. So we really like to do, you know, hire as a temp and then convert to full-time, you know, employee once that works out.
2: I'm going to throw another one in. How do you hire freelancers or agencies? Uh, Typically,
0: you know, working for the interactive agency, I had a lot of contacts already. So if I if I have, I like to go through referrals if I can. I'm a part of EO, which is entrepreneur entrepreneurs organization. It's kind of a business group that we meet in small, kind of a forum situation. Like five, you know, like six to eight of us will meet. But I like to go through that network of people for referrals to. To, you know, to hire those agencies, I'd rather not just do like a web search, you know, is there somebody that does this well, I'd like to have somebody that I could speak with, that have have worked with that group before.
2: Okay, brilliant. What are your three indispensable tools for managing fine tape? You know, I would
0: say most of the tools are stuff I've written. Kind of, we have a content management system that has a lot of custom reporting. That kind of siphoning through all that data. So a lot of it's kind of the custom stuff we've written. You know, I do use some off-the-shelf stuff like Zoho um, for um, invoicing. We only invoice to government, but um, I use them. I use Evernote a lot. That's a tool that um, I, I rely on. But I would say most of the stuff we have a lot of custom utilities we written for different aspects of the business once i find myself like i have a a checklist like a weekly checklist a monthly checklist once i find myself having to repeat something over and over i try to automate that and build my own tool
2: makes sense makes a lot of sense and given you're a dev you know fantastic okay good stuff what's been your best mistake to date by that i mean a setback that's given you the biggest feedback
0: i think the best mistake was dealing um You know, I I talked about that other converter who kind of started selling to Amazon Direct. Having that happen, I think it made me really key on having strong relationships. And also, it kind of drove me, for the Amazon product selection, now we know. You know, you have to kind of, you know, it has to be converted. It has to be hard to find. I need to get my own UPC code. That kind of changed the whole way I was sending products to Amazon having that happen. So, yeah, just, rel- you know, not having that relationship and having a, a company kind of undercut you and sell direct to Amazon, that, that was that was a mistake because it really cost us, but it really kind of shifted the business.
2: Mm. Okay. If you could give – well, if you could choose um, a single book or resource that made the highest impact on how you view building a business and growth, which would it be? Oh, my. That's a good question. You know what? I have
0: not – you know, I have—I seriously have not. When I used to commute into New York every day, I read a lot. I have probably not read a book, a business book, in all seriousness, for I would say ten years. Well, you've you know, I—I <laughs> I, yeah, just—I get a lot out of. I do read magazines, like I read Ink Magazine and Fortune and different magazines like that. But I have. Um, and, and I go to conferences like Inc. Magazine's conference and Internet Retailer. Mm-hmm. So I, I've heard great people like Jim Collins, like good to great. Mm-hmm. like I've heard him speak. Mm-hmm. I definitely get a lot more out of like those events and also that entrepreneurs organization I talked about. We have a lot of learning events. Like once a month, I go to a learning event. Mm-hmm. So kind of the peer group hearing what what their experiences were and getting that experience share. That is really what has helped me is oh, I can't really recommend a book because I haven't read one for so long. The, resource, but the you could,
2: resources are, are fine. It was a book yeah, resource, and there's yeah, excellent resources.
0: Yeah, if you could find a peer group, I would say um, that you could meet with and, and kind of just because a lot of people, you know, I work from home, and, and a lot of people, you know, entrepreneurs, it's hard to find people you can speak with about a lot of the issues you're dealing with. To find that peer group that you can talk about those issues with, that would be a great resource I would recommend for somebody.
2: Okay. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Kevin, for being part of the show, for taking your time out um to, to be part of the show and sharing so much. Uh, the audience would be very, very pleased um, to to just, you know, listen in to, to what you've you've had to offer in the past hour.
0: Well, thank you for having me.
2: Brilliant. So thank you everyone for sticking to the very end of today's show and hope you found Kevin's insights on building an Amazon business and e-commerce business inspiring. And you've been able to pick up a few tactics, view building an Amazon business differently, and most importantly, giving you the ability to take action. Even if it's just one tip Kevin's, you know, put out there and you're able to take action this week, kudos to you. Um, To download the show notes and read the full transcript, just head over to 2x e-commerce. And for updates to help grow your store, be sure to sign up to our list and 2xecommerce.com. Until the next show, everybody, do have a fantastic one. Bye for now.